Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Hello. Hey, everybody. Did I crack you up, Ed? <laughs> I just laughed. You just laughed I, for no reason. For just, thoughts in his own head. <laughs> just sometimes you got to laugh. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so today, uh, we have a special guest we're going to introduce in just a moment. Uh, it's we're going to hear from. Yeah. No. Not, not Nathan. No. And uh, But before that, we got a little bit of time uh, that I wanted to use and uh, I want to talk about a headline that I saw. All right, and this Good. is a, headlines. This is, this is going to be an interactive headline. Okay, that it it caught my eye, it cracked me up, and I thought, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if that's real. So, all right, uh, what's he- the interactive part? You're about to find out. Okay. The headline is that recently, and I bet you this is this is one of those things that when I read the headline, I thought only in the pandemic would something like this have happened. But recently, a uh, a new Guinness uh, World Record was uh, achieved during the pandemic. Cool. Okay. And the record, I won't tell you what it is because I want I want we're going to try this out. Uh, the record was broken of how many M and M's. A person can stack on top of each other. Oh! Now, how many do you think is is the record? Well, you know what? All right, all I right. have I have our own. Everybody gets their own pack of M and M's. Okay, I was going to ask you: Is it those kind of M and M's or peanuts? It's not the peanut because they're the rounded. Be, they're the be big really round. hard to stack. Yeah, I would it's think. these. It's Am the, I? Okay, I want to know the rules. Are they on the? Because you know me, hey, Joel, I, can nobody you, loves rules more than yeah. Ed Martin. Can you see the table, Joel? Okay. So, it's just flat on a table. All right. And this dude, uh, some dude from uh, uh, England, has okay. broken the record over the pandemic of how many he can stack on top of one another. Now, I don't know how long it took him. You know I, why you shouldn't have had to tell us England? Because everything over there, it's interesting. Whatever they do over there, they're like, it's raining all the time. I got nothing else to do, and we don't have dental Way care. more interesting than what anything that's going on here. So my question is, can y'all even stack one? I have not been able to get one uh, look yet. Look, I got one. Hey. There's one. I bet you practice. Uh, no, I just opened it up. All man. right. I, I, I got one. I literally just went to the store and bought okay. these. So now if I break the record right here in front of you, we're going to call the Guinness Book of World Records and see. Right, yeah, another one. See, I can get the one, but once I get to, to the third one. I haven't gotten any. I mess oh, up. Second one. So oh, I just want to eat one. One. I got one. I'll move my drink. Okay. I do think every time I get one, I will, I will eat one. Well, yeah, me too. So I got one finally. It's a See, blue I'm getting one. the one pretty easily. I'm getting the one stacked on top the of there. The key but. is finding the base. I tried several different bases. I'll tell you this. The yellow ones mm. are easier to stack on top of. You think no, so? No, uh, scientifically. Orange so uh, far. He just orange, made that up. I'm just saying. Orange so far has been the winner for me as the base. All right, I got I got two yellows oh, on top two of yellow, each other. So you're in Nathan's camp. All right, so I'm gonna go find another yellow and try this out. I was this is so to, entertaining, isn't it? I was never able to get the. Our fine podcast audience. Is I will say it. that I had two stacks next oh, to each oh, other, man, I and I, I tried for a third one. I've had multiple I had stacks, three. but I right had... now the blue ones are horrible. Dang. I thought I had three there for a second. All right, I've so, right. given up and here's I bailed on this game. So my question is, what do you think the world record actually was? Thirteen. I think it's. Uh, Joel wants to play. What do you Joel think, says Joel? Fifteen. Joel saying six. Fifteen. One. Five. Fifteen. 15. Oh. Or 51? You know, you, you could speak, Joel. It's okay. okay. He's saying 15. 15. What did you say? 13. 13? I, I think, I believe in the English people. <laughs> and uh, I think that this guy, probably with bad teeth, 
Got oh, all, Ed. <laughs> you didn't have to go there. Got all the way up to 31. Man, y'all are y'all have faith in the British. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to be shocked when I tell you. It's two. It's five. Okay. Wow. That makes it was really hard. It was hard. But they said the guy like worked on it for hours like cuz he's in lockdown. Yeah. And he just kept working at it and he videoed himself the whole time. Turned it into the Guinness people and they certified him with the world record is now 5. Because before that it was 0. Because no one else had ever wanted to do it. I think it was actually something. Because he he it, according to the article, he looked up a, a record that he might could break. He saw that one. He liked it, and I'm sure he enjoyed. I eating do like affirm we did. that this is the best headline we've ever done because we got Eminem. We did get I told you it, this was the best headline we've ever. I done. told you last week you were going to love this headline. I, you were right. So, all right. So now, y'all think. The colored M&Ms taste different from each other? No. People tell me they do. I don't believe Who it. told you that? That is Just nuts. people. That they, is nuts. The they. You know when people say they say? That is ridiculous. They say that they taste different. I don't believe it. I'm going to eat one. I don't, I don't know that I've ever eaten one M&M by itself. No, really? Yeah. I don't, need, I don't think I have either. So here we go. Blue. Yummy. Oh, this is the right way to do it. You hand me an M&M, I'm going to tell, right the... tell you the color. All right, here you go. This is an interesting game. This here you way. go. All right. There you go. What color is it? But have you even tried them all to even know? That was yellow. That was brown. I'm brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my... Theory has been proven. You I can't not, tell. I did not know there was a brown. Are those brown? You know I can't t- see yeah. colors. Ser- then why are we even playing? <laughs> you don't know the colors <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they told not- me that there's different colors on the M&Ms. I, didn't I know thought those madness. were black. That's a brown. That's brown. Okay. Just like the the, pa- the bag is brown. Oh, also would have said black. See? Okay. All right. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> So, and, and if you at home would like to break your own Guinness World Record, get you some M&Ms and get you six. you got to go six now to break I'm the World I'm saying that's orange, people. Joel, just go ahead and put a time stamp in for when the interview starts. So if anyone and wants, tell them, to, wants to skip down to that. They're all like, how do we turn those questions in to get them to stop doing this? <laughs> that's right. That's right. In the description. That's okay. in the description. It is. Yeah. Uh, Nathan has done an interview for us I did. with a gentleman. Tell us yeah. about your interview before we start it. Uh, I uh, inter- I know him, and he's not a gentleman. Okay. Oh. <laughs> say that. I'm sorry. I think he'd be okay with you saying that. I, uh, I got to sit down with somebody from uh, the church planting organization that we support here at Community Christian Stadia. They uh, plant churches all around the country, and uh, we have partnered with them how, how many years have we partnered with stadia uh since their existence long time okay so um let's say <laughs> 20 guessing. years he's guessing okay. <laughs> a long time but we've partnered with with stadia a lot of people may not know that about our church but we are a church planting church we believe uh that the local church is the hope of the world and so the more local churches we can have we have uh, a church plant here in coweta county that we helped we to start foundation, foundation. in Woo! Noonan. yay foundation great yeah. church and so uh i sat down with uh, crockett davidson and if you like that name uh you, clearly we, an alias yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the witness protection program no uh I talk. We actually talk about his name, but uh, Crockett, uh, he himself was a church planter. 
He was. We're going to talk about that. He's working for Stadia to help plant churches. And we talk for a while about why it's important to start churches, that this is something Jesus actually uh, calls us to be a part of, that, that churches would replicate, that we would, just like we talk about here all the time, that you personally would be making disciples and doing that, that churches themselves would do the same thing. So it's a really good uh, conversation that I think you'll get a lot out of. Did right. did Crockett have the mohawk when you did the interview? There's a mohawk. No, I didn't. I didn't know he had a mohawk. Is that something from his past? That's that something from up? very recent oh. that I was talking with him. Well, maybe he maybe it was combed down. You know, I didn't I didn't pay that much attention, but was, I would have noticed the mohawk. He has a I, I'm an elementary age son. Maybe yes, I, I think I, I think he said colors and ages are not my. <laughs> I do know he has a younger and son. Dates, they do Legos years. together. Are not, but. He let him pick the hairstyle they'd both get, and the kid picked it mohawk. Well, he should have known better. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you let an elementary kid pick your hairstyle, you're in trouble. So, so. there you go. But there, good for there's him. There's some story behind that, and I have and if a he, part of it. And if he yes. can pull it off, more power to him. There you so, go. Well, I right. believe that. So we're going to hear from Crockett. Yeah. And uh, he's going to talk to us about church planning. So uh, tune in, or stay tuned in, and uh, check out this interview, and we will see you back here next week. Well, hey, I'm here right now in a Google Meet uh, with someone from our church planting organization we partner with and support and have done a lot of uh, work with to start churches, not over, uh, just over in Georgia, but really around the country. And uh, his name is uh, Crockett Davidson, and I'd love to introduce him. Go ahead and say hello to everybody, Crockett. Community Christian, it is so good. I'm just so happy to be with all of you. You guys are making a difference, not only in the Atlanta area, but all across the world. So I just want to lead with gratitude and thankfulness and say thank you so much for all that you're doing, uh, not only in Atlanta, but around the world. And you already know this, but you have a very special and unique leader leading you in Ed Martin. Uh, he's just one of the best. I get the opportunity to work with a lot of different leaders from across the country and around the world. And Ed is top notch. And we absolutely love our relationship and are grateful for what you guys do around the world. That is awesome. And Ed did pay us to say that. So <laughs> yeah, we'll get to make, we'll get to make some money off that. So that's great. Uh, uh, but seriously, uh, Crockett, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about um, you personally, who, who you are, what got you started in ministry, you planted a church, and now you're working with a church planting organization. So, you know, just kind of walk us through what led you to that? How, how did you feel God calling you into ministry, church planting, all of that? Yeah, awesome. Great question. Uh, first of all, my real name is Crockett Davidson. No one believes me when I say that. I go to restaurants <laughs> all the time, and I'm like, hey, what's your name? My name's Crockett. They're like, no, for real, what's your name? My name really is Crockett. It's a family name, but with a name like Crockett Davidson, I was born in a small town called Bluefield, West Virginia. Uh, my parents did not go to church. They were Christer people, meaning they went on Christmas and Easter. Sometimes I was not raised in church. My first experience with the gospel and with Jesus was going to church camp. And the only reason I went to church camp is because my friend said, hey, there's a lot of really pretty girls that go. Will you join me going there? So I went there. And I think when I went in middle school, I, I really kind of had a respect for the followers of Jesus because they were people who were not conforming to the patterns of this world. And my life was literally conforming to everything I could do. I was a people pleaser. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be the funny guy. I wanted to be popular. And so I kind of grew to respect those that followed Jesus because they were different than the world that I was living in. 
um, through some pretty traumatic experiences in my life. And as you know, sin gets darker and darker and things get a little crazy really, really quickly. Um, at the age of 18, I became a follower of Jesus. And when I say that Jesus rescued me from everything I needed rescued from, that is absolutely true. So I was rescued at 18, started serving in my church. Uh, I was a part of just kind of a small uh, little suburban church right there in Bluefield, West Virginia. And I'll never forget when my youth pastor asked me, he said, hey, Crockett, no one showed up for children's church. Can you go downstairs and teach these kids about Jesus? And Fear invaded my life. Sweat. <laughs> I, I said, "No, I'm not going. I don't know anything. I just found Jesus. Like, what are we talking about? I'm not doing this." He said, "Listen, go down there, and it'll be great." I went down there, and I sang a bunch of songs, and I made an absolute fool of myself. But then I started reading from Mark two. I'll never forget this. Read through Mark two. Jesus healing the paralytic. And I remember as I'm reading this, I'm teaching the children. One, I'm thinking this is brand new. I've never read this. And two, how much I love helping people know about Jesus Christ. And so uh, my youth pastor challenged me, said, listen, you got some leadership skills. You need to go to seminary. So I did youth ministry primarily in Columbus, Ohio, uh, Atlanta, Georgia for a little while, and then left Atlanta and planted a church in Hickory, North Carolina. Best experience of my life. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Stadia helped me start this new church. So when I talk about church planting, not only did I plant a church, but Stadia helped me do that. And so now I get to work with Stadia. I've been with them two and a half years as their Southeast Regional Director. Uh, I've been married 18 years. I've got three children, uh, Caroline, who's 14, Emma, who's 12, and Jude, who is five years old. So beautiful family. Wow. That is awesome. And I think I think what you have uh, experienced is probably true for uh, for so many people who uh, take take that step of getting involved in a church in some form of ministry, even if it's just teaching in a classroom or or some kind of step of faith, you know, being at a front door, just welcoming people, uh, seeing how God can use you in an environment, uh, it, it, it bolsters your own faith, it boosts yourself, but you also see how, how God is using you to affect others. And, uh, I know that's something right here during this time of kind of, well, who knows if it's the end of uh, a pandemic, but you know, as things are opening up more and, and our church is opening up more, we're really just wanting to encourage people as you're starting to come back to find your place to get invested in, in the church and to get involved. So I love Crockett sharing that part of your story there, but tell us a little bit about, you say you, you're, you're working for Stadia and Stadia helped you plant your church. Mm -hmm. What does that even mean? First off, just for many people, what is a church plant? Uh, that idea, they've seen plants in church, uh, <laughs> but a church plant, what is that? Yeah. So when we say a church plant, what we're saying is starting a brand new church, gathering those people who follow Jesus and don't follow Jesus to be what we would say the ecclesia, the called out ones in our city and in our world. So starting a new church means, and this was what it was for me, and it doesn't always look this way, but for me, I'd never lived in Hickory, North Carolina. I went from Atlanta to Hickory. I didn't have any friends, uh, didn't know anyone in the city, moved there to really start a brand new church, people gathering around, uh, making a community difference, gathering around uh, the Lordship of Jesus and wanting to make change and helping introduce people to that. So that's what we mean by church planting, but that can look uh, vastly different depending on the leader and the story that they're sharing. When I talk about how Stadia kind of works with church planting is how they kind of helped us start. Obviously, as someone who did youth ministry for years, 
I didn't know anything about church planting. I was scared of it. I had no idea what this meant, what this looked like. And so I go to an assessment process where they're looking at my calling and capacity and readiness. And I can't believe this, but they gave me a green light and said, yes, yeah, you should go plant a <laughs> church. I don't think they would now, but they did when I was 28 years old. And so they said, yeah, go and plant this church. And so uh, what that means is they're going to get behind me and they're going to serve me well. So that way, as a leader, I'm well and healthy. And the way that Stadia, and let me be clear about this, even though if you went to our website, stadiachurchplanting.org, or we say Stadia Church Planting, Stadia doesn't plant churches. Churches plant churches. Stadia Mm -hmm. is an organization that serves the local church as their planting churches. And that's, that's a huge distinction there. So the way that we do, we serve church planters so that way they can plant well and healthy. And so we have a bunch of different services that we offer our church planters. Um, we are definitely not the smartest people in the room. Uh, we're, we're not the brightest. Uh, we've just made a lot of mistakes and we've tried to write those mistakes down. So our services are things that we think will benefit planters the most. Things like coaching and training, project management and bookkeeping, things like doing your, your docs and prep, 501c3, articles incorporation, fundraising intensive, uh, church planning assessment, which I mentioned. And even after the church starts, some new growth and, and new church strategies as you move forward in your church plan. Well, and, and and I think a huge thing for a community Christian, especially people who are new to community Christian, you may not know this, but we uh, started as a church plant. So as uh, there was a group from a small church here in Coweta County that um, for whatever reason, I was nine months old, so I, I can't speak to it. whatever reason what they were doing wasn't working for them. And they realized we want to do something to reach because Coweta County was starting to grow and there were new families. And so they called in for a new pastor who was Ed Martin and they planted Community Christian Church. And really almost ever since Community Christian uh, started to grow, our our heart has been for uh, planting churches that, as Crockett just said, we believe that uh, that the, the hope for the world is the local church. And so even though every church can continue to grow, uh, in in other environments, in other counties, other cities, the, the best hope we have to share the gospel, to make disciples, which is what uh, Jesus has given us the mission to do, is through starting churches. And so we partner with Stadia to do that. But um, I spoke a little bit to it there. But, you know, Crockett, you are a church planner. You work to, to plant churches. Why do you think that's such an important calling for one for churches to be doing, but also just for individual disciples of Jesus to to care that there are churches being planted? Yeah. So every church, in a sense, is a brand new church. I mean, think about it. There's I mean, regardless of what church you've attended before, what church you've heard of. There was a day one for every single church. And I think, I mean, it's it's such a great question on why church planting is so important, starting these new churches, why that's so important. One, there's no greater way to reach people who don't know Jesus than starting new churches. Um, Some of the things that really blow my mind is 42% of those attending a church five years and younger are brand new believers. I mean, I think if you took a survey across all kinds of different churches of all kinds of different ages, it'd be hard to find 42% of their attenders are brand new believers. And and again, the why, I mean, we have, I mean, when you read through the book of Acts, you know, you see kind of the church of Jerusalem, it's growing. There's a lot of, you know, Peter and James and some really foundational pieces are there. 
But outside of, you know, maybe one who went to Samaria, you don't see it really going to the uttermost parts of the earth. But then you meet Paul and you see Paul and Barnabas are going to a church called Antioch. And it becomes this sending church where they're saying, you know what? Church growth is great and that's awesome. But we need to be a sending church where we're continually reproducing our leaders and sending them out. So that way they can change the world. And, and, and every person, man, woman and child can hear the gospel. That's a different mindset. And so I, that's what I love about Community Christian is you're not just focus on church growth. Church growth is important but you're a multiplying church. You want to multiply and reproduce the kingdom of God. And you kind of talked about that and we do multi-site or once did, and, and we do church planting. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. So it's very important that churches kind of take that posture. Uh, we want to be a multiplying church that is reproducing disciples to grow the kingdom of God. Well, and I think I think that's huge. What you mentioned there too, Crockett, is this idea of I love your walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, I think what's what's so true is right now we're at this place um, as the church in America, where because of COVID, because of the pandemic, and, and things were shutting down, and many churches had to close. I mean, all of us had to close our doors at one point, and then now we're open and we're doing online and we're doing these other things. And here at Community Christian, we during this time have had to. We had a uh, church in a theater here, but because all the theaters closed, we were unable to do that. Keep continue doing that. And right now, we're we're one location, and there's this feeling for I think a lot of people of well, what's next and what's going to happen and all this kind of stuff. But it's so important for us to know one church global is continuing to grow. That's uh, right. e yeah, that there are churches all around the world that are being planted. Here, we as Community Christian are still partnering with Stadia to start new churches to be a part of that. And what you what you talked about there of even sending out. Um, even if you are not called to be a church planter and you are a person here at Community Christian and maybe you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't Why is this important to me? That command to be sent out is to all of us. It's it's to the church. And so you as just a member of Community Christian Church going out into whatever environment you're in and seeing it as your job in every place to make disciples, uh, that is so critical. And Planting churches is just another one of those ways that we as community Christian are doing that through Stadia. So um, yeah. can, we, can we talk about that just for a second? Can we land? I mean, that's uh, you, you're really setting up for some really great conversations in yeah. this, uh, especially if you're new to church, if maybe you've, you, know, you listen to this podcast every so often and you're I'm sure you're feeling that tension. I'm not a church planter. Why? You know, but I'm a part of a church that does care about multiplication. Why is this? I want to talk about some facts from COVID because I think that's really important. And then the posture of how everyone is a church planter. And some of the numbers pre-COVID are, are scary, if I'm quite honest. Um, you know, the average age of the pastors across America, 57 years old. Um, you have American population skyrocketing. Uh, we're going to grow by 30 million in the next 20 years. Um, Pre-COVID, seven to 10,000 churches were closing every single year. Post-COVID, 70,000 churches are going to close in the next three years. So mm -hmm. you've got kind of this cocktail of disaster in the sense of there's going to be pastors who are going to be retiring. There's this population growth, and all of these churches are closing across America. And we all know the spiritual landscape are, is changing across our state, our city, and our country. So what do we do about it? I would think church planting is the natural answer. 
I mean, that's why. And we were talking about earlier kind of what Scripture says about the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Uh, sometimes we talk about, well, I'm listening to this podcast, but I'm not a church planter and or, you know, how do I support church planting? Every one of us is a church planter. Every mm-hmm. single one of us. And I'll tell you why. Sometimes we use this language. We'll say, well, I'm not called to that. I'm not called to do that. I'm not called to lead a church or I'm not called to be on staff at a church. Notice when he talks about the harvest and the workers, he doesn't say, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but those are called or few. He says, no, no, the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to what? Not call, but send out. If you are a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this podcast, you are called to be sent out. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like for you, but you're called to be sent out, whether that's to your homes, to your neighborhoods, to your jobs, to where you live, work, and play, to your church, whatever that means for you. Maybe you will plant a church. Maybe you'll support a church plant. Maybe you'll join the team of a church plant. Maybe you'll financially get behind a church plant. Whatever that may look like or be, we are all sent to those fields. Well, and I think that's, I think what you're saying is so important there, Crockett. And I want people here at Community Christian to hear that. You know, we said this years ago and we've said it going forward of every time we start a new church and like we started, uh, helped start Foundation uh, Church here in Noonan. I mean, about 10 miles down the road from our building. And I know for a lot of uh, people in church, the, the idea is kind of, hey, we're trying to, we got to grow Community Christian. You know, we got to grow our church. Uh, but ultimately, as what you said is is just so important there, which is foundation is not competition for community Christian. We're on the same team. All these churches we're starting, we're all on the same team. And the important part that we have been called is not to grow community Christian. Our job has been called to grow the kingdom of God, uh, to make disciples, to be a part of all that. And that happens, as Crockett just said, in different ways. It may be you being sent to your job. And we use this language a lot of like a missionary in disguise. You're disguised as a as a worker or you're disguised as a student in your school. But really, you're a missionary wherever you are and you're there to make disciples. But it can also be planting churches in every single victory that any of these other churches have. Even churches we didn't plant is a victory for us because it's a victory for the kingdom. That's and right. so and so I think that part of it is is just huge for uh, everyone here to understand. So tell a little bit about um, what it is that churches like Community Christian and specifically Community Christian, what is it that we do to partner with Stadia so that people understand? I'm sure they understand there's a financial part of that, but there's other stuff that goes into that. So so talk a little bit about what that means. Yeah, so I could talk all day about the impact that you all have made uh, in your community and for your community. Um, there's, pro- I'm sure a lot of you are wondering whether you're Christian or non-Christian, what in the world does my pastor do? So let me just brag <laughs> on Ed just for a moment. Some things that he does that you probably have no clue that he does. So he's a part of what we affectionately call the Atlanta Network uh, that has planted churches in the Atlanta area and even outside the Atlanta area for many, many years. You mentioned foundations right there in Noonan. Clinton Older is knocking it out of the park. And I love your mentality of, Clint is not competition because it's not. Who is our competition? That would be the enemy. That would right. be the person who is trying to, you know, steal, kill, and destroy, as Jesus would say. So um, the, the, any lost person that comes to find and follow Christ in foundations, that is a win for the kingdom. You all have played a role in that. You've also played a role in City Church 
with Josh Abernathy. Uh, you have played a role in helping them get into a building, in having conversations with Josh and helping him become a better leader. Uh, there's someone in Atlanta you may or may not know about. His name is Scott Free. Scott is doing some incredible, incredible things in some really hard places. He, he's having these, these big gatherings on Friday nights. This is pre-COVID where people are gathering and they're listening to hip hop and they're dancing and the gospel is presented. A church was planted out of that. Ed has been a huge, not only champion, but coach to someone like Scott and a financial partner for all of these churches. And we've had uh, we've had Scott on our podcast here twice. We love Scott here. Scott's there you awesome. go. There you go. So I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah, Scott, Scott is absolutely the man. So when anytime you think about what community Christian is doing, or when you think about even giving to community Christian, think about it's not really going to community Christian. It's going to expand the kingdom of God. It's helping a Josh, a Clint, a Scott. It, it's helping leaders that you'll probably never meet. Like that's one of the things that excites me is getting to heaven and actually spending eternity with all of these people. So people can actually come up to you who's at community Christian and say, yeah, you don't know this, but your finances and your generosity helped in such a way that my family came, came to know Christ in this church plant in Hickory, North Carolina or Atlanta, Georgia or Texas or around the world. I think we're going to have a lot of fun when we get there together and have those conversations. That is, that is so good. And I'm glad people are, are, are getting to hear this, um, that especially as we're just trying to, to, as a church, get just refocused, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. Everyone, everyone's had uh, distractions on their mind, but let's get focused on, on the mission that God's called us to do. And as you said there, when you're involved in community Christian, when you give to community Christian, you're also helping churches in Atlanta and beyond and all around uh, the area here. So that's one way that, that community Christian is, but are there ways, let's say someone it, hears this, they're really passionate about it. They go, Hey, look, I already give to community Christian. I'm already involved. I'm serving at community Christian. But I want to do a little more to help Stadia and churches, uh, all church plants around the world. Are there ways that people can get involved with Stadia or things that you would have people do, uh, you know, praying about it, any of that kind of stuff? What, what, what would you say to an individual who just wants to be more involved? Yeah, there's there's two things right there that I think are extremely important. So uh, in Luke 11, you have the story of uh, persistence. So uh, Jesus tells a story about someone who is in need of something. He comes to this house and he keeps knocking and knocking and knocking. And the owner of the house is like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to ignore this. And he keeps knocking and knocking. And finally, he says, all right, finally, I'm going to get up. I'm going to answer the word, say, what do you need? And he helps him with that need. And he helps him with that need because he was audacious in his persistence. So that's Luke 11 verse nine. I would say if you want to, you know, the harvest and we talked about, you know, the workers are few at 1109 every single day, pray for church planters, mm. be, be persistent, be persistent that they are well, that they are healthy, that they are uh, putting on the full armor of God as Satan is trying to attack. Because again, we're part of a prevailing kingdom. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. So the only way that we can be attacked is physically, emotionally, through our families. Pray for these church planters. Pray for these workers. Pray for us as an organization as we're continuing to partner with them and have conversations. Um, so I, I think that's one way. The second way would be uh, a move that we've made uh, with Stadia is uh, for the last two years, we've been giving all of our services away for free. We don't charge our church planters anything. All the things that I mentioned, project management, coaching, 
training, team building, all of these things, we give them absolutely for free. We did this because we want to plant more and better churches, but we need strong partners like Community Christian, uh, like the people that you're talking about who say, you know what? I want to support that. I want to be a part of that. So you can go to stadiachurchplanting.org. You'll see the give button right there. We would love for you to come on board as financial partners, and you're going to help and serve more people than you could ever know. Wow. That, that's incredible. So anything else that you want people at Community Christian or listen to this podcast to just know about Stadia or about um, about church planting in general, just anything you want to throw out at the end here? No, I, I, I think one, you I want to lead again with just gratitude. You're a part of an amazing church that is multiplication minded. And you may not know this because you're a part of a healthy and awesome culture, but that's a very rare thing. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you're part of just a great church. Continue to support that church, be a part of that church. Uh, one of the, the best things you can do for your pastors, no matter who you're speaking with, is, hey, how can I serve? What what can I do? Uh, you know, uh, like my story earlier, I was making a lot of excuses. Look, don't put me in children's church. I don't know enough. <laughs> I've not read the Bible enough. I'm a brand new Christian. You know, what in the world? Why would you send me down there? And that moment was a moment that changed my life. You never know what giving could do or greeting could do or serving on maybe an online team or a small group. You have no idea what God wants to do with something you would probably say, you know what, I'm, I'm probably not qualified for that or I'm not ready. And then here God does something amazing through you. So be available to, to serve and to give and to just be there to expand the kingdom of God. Perfect. Let's let's end it on that. Thank you, Crockett, for joining us and for all you and Stadia do. We are more than blessed uh, to get to be a part of what you guys are doing. Yeah, thanks for everything. It's great to be on. And like Scott, you better bring me back. That's all I'm saying. Like, there better be a round two. I like it. Maybe we'll get you and Scott in here together. Woo, you ain't ready for that. Watch out. I- I'd say it'd be it'd be enough. Me 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 and Scott uh, can talk a lot. I think uh, I've I've now learned that uh, you also like to talk a lot. So it may be like a bonus double sized issue of the podcast. There we so. go. Sounds great. All right, we'll see you guys later.